Hey you, uh, thanks for clicking on this episode of the Empowered Postpartum Mama, Postpartum Empowerment Coach Mama podcast. Um, it's me, Valerie, and today we're talking about mental health and our kids, kind of like the impact of your mental health and onto your kids slash helping them not have the mental health stuff that you yourself are going through. And I mean, as a parent who does have mental health struggles like throughout uh, teenage years, early adulthood to now, um, I just have to do exercises constantly to try to stay present with my son like um taking a minute taking some breaths before i react um you know making sure that when he goes down for the night i have time to have a really hot shower if i want a hot shower have a nice long bath if i want a nice hot bath go watch a show that I want to, read a book, journal, anything, listen to podcasts, listen to music, um, work out, just anything that helps you bring yourself back into the present. Because being the quote unquote best parent doesn't mean being perfect. Um, it means that you are doing your best for that day. You're doing that be- your best for that hour. You know, you're doing your best for the time in your present moment. You know, making sure that you're not letting society, societal pressure make you feel like you have to be this Instagram worthy, Pinterest worthy mom who has a spotless house, kids who do no wrong, all the perfect toys, all the perfect clothes. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just is your best for whatever that day, that hour is giving you. And you can always turn it around. Just focus on breathing. Take a couple minutes and breathe. Try breathing with your child. My son is two. He sometimes will breathe with me. So we've been doing it since he was little, little, like eight months old. So I mean, They can do it. You just have to, they follow, they follow what they see. Um, Being very aware of what gives you anxiety is a trigger is really, really awesome for you because you know what, you know, what your triggers are, what your, the moments that are going to be difficult, you can prepare yourself for them. And that gives you power as a parent, because you know that if, you know, this is going to be a difficult time and I'm having problems with this right now, that's okay. I'm going to, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to know I'm going to have anxiety here. Um, Ask your partner, ask a friend to go with you, to do it with you. You know, you have to have some, you know, ask your, if you're near your mom, ask your mom, if you're close to your mother-in-law, ask your mother-in-law, ask your father-in-law, ask your dad, you know, you can, 
you can ask for help and it doesn't make you any a weak person it makes you very strong because you know that this situation is what's making it difficult for you to be the best parent that you can be and that in itself is giving you power so you are knowing and doing something to make it better and that is making you the best parent for your child in this moment in this time they learn first and foremost from you mama they learn from watching parents they're learning their first you know wave of interactions with people through you and through the people who are closest to you so you surround yourself with people who who take that very seriously they see you taking your time to take care of you and they see you taking time to take care of them and then they see you saying they see you and you are creating a boundary when you tell them that mama needs a break to finish her breakfast then I can play with you that is you taking power of the situation taking control of the situation and putting down a boundary and then when you you follow through with the boundary you know you're following through so that's that's huge being able to follow through um telling them that yeah you're done with your breakfast but i got you your breakfast first so i need to eat my breakfast and it's going to take me a little bit i have a lot on my plate to eat can you go play over here while you wait if they can't and they want to hang out with you that's fine too i just don't let my kid up on my lap until i'm done eating um sometimes even um he has to wait sometimes even after i'm done with my morning coffee or tea um because i just don't want someone on my lap right then some days it's different it kind of depends on my mood but usually every day i make him wait until after i'm done eating my food the drink is you know whatever but the food for sure like i want to be able to sit down and eat my food he got to sit down and eat his food you have the right to sit down and eat your food without somebody up your butt <laughs> um so this is going to show your child children little people that you created that making boundaries and following through with the boundaries is an important thing and then they will be able to take that on to themselves they will be able to bring that that um into their life like my kid wants to dance to music in his room he doesn't need me in there and if he doesn't want me in there he'll say get out mama and he doesn't mean to be rude he's two but it's just like you just say okay okay bye mama i'll see you later i'm gonna dance now you know so hey they're they're drawing boundaries that they want that they want to and that's awesome accepting them when they're having a hard time with the boundary is also a teaching moment you're comforting them while they're standing on the floor you're saying yeah i know it's sad that you can't get on mom's lap right now it's okay to be sad but 
you ate your breakfast, I'm eating my breakfast. When I'm done eating, then I will go play with you. So you're validating those feelings that are those really big feelings. And you're still letting them know that you're acknowledging how they're feeling. It's okay to feel that feeling. But I'm still going to have you wait until until I'm done with my, my breakfast, my dinner, my lunch, whatever. And a lot of the times these types of feelings will be really hard to validate without consistent practice. If you yourself as a child did not get your feelings validated when you were little. Um, like if you were told to go, you know, go back to your room and, you know, cry it out, come back when you're done crying or you're, they push you into a closet or a bathroom and say, you know, you need to calm down, go in here and calm down, come back when you're calm. Like not being able to have somebody to work those feelings through is really, it's really hard on you. And it can be very traumatic to have to deal with your emotions and your feelings by yourself. Um, so that can make you feel very ashamed and like you have to hide your emotions or your feelings or like you're not allowed to feel them um, or that they're bad, which they're not bad. Even bad feeling feelings aren't bad feelings. They're just feelings that don't feel great and you have to sit with them and work through them and you feel them and you move on from that because it's, it's very hard when you have a child that is little and they don't know how to do, you know, they don't know how to speak to you the way that a bigger kid would speak to you. They have a lot of feelings about that, but you, you know better now, you know better now than to shove your child away. And let them deal with that feeling. You know better than to give in and not and not, you know, bring them up on your lap. You know, you have been putting in the work to be the amazing parent that you are and break those traditions that have been held in the past in your family or both of your families or all the families around you. You have learned and are learning that emotions are okay and feelings are okay. Um, they're valid and they mean a lot and you need to, excuse me, you need to feel them in order to move forward. You are being the teacher for your child and teaching your children this and that you as mom or parent, whoever is listening to this, probably mom, that you're their safe space. That is one of the biggest gifts we can give to them. Unconditionally accept them, love them for who they are, be their safe space. So 
important, especially for a little one right now, while they're figuring all of this out. You're laying the groundwork for what is to come. So being aware of what you are and are not capable of is huge. It's a huge, huge gift that you give to yourself and to your children and your spouse and your family, basically. every Everybody benefits from this because we all know um, then what your limitations are or what situations are uncomfortable, comfortable, could be difficult or challenging. Um, and that just goes back to knowing that you have anxiety or knowing you can be depressed and you have triggers. And that is something that you can proactively work on. If it hits you, you have tools and you're in a little toolbox that you can pull out and you can, you work on them and then you work on yourself and you become a better person because you're working on your inner self. When we take, when we make those steps to break with the tradition, we're doing it with purpose. You're doing this purposefully. You want to be changing traditions. You want it to be different than what you had growing up. You want it to be different than your spouse had growing up. We do it exactly for who we used to be. We do it for the child we once were. We are parenting ourselves through parenting our kids. We have to parent ourselves now because we didn't have, some of us didn't have parents who would parent us the way that we're parenting. And that's the way that makes us feel secure. And we're feeling that our child or children are feeling secure in that way. We're also parenting ourselves the same in the same way, in a sense. Um, and it's, it's not very difficult. You just have to hold the, yourself. You just do the same thing for yourself as you do for your child. And now, you know, we have to heal. We are learning through this parenting to heal our inner child. And I first, when I thought that I thought, I'm like, I heard that. And I thought, ah, what inner child thing? Like, obviously I, I feel like I'm like a kid still. But I know that people, I know that older people would say that and you're like, oh yeah, I don't feel older than 26 or whatever. I totally see the reasoning why people say, I feel, I still feel X number when they're like 60. I could see that. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, being gentle with yourself, giving yourself space to mess up. We're all going to mess up. It's okay. We can mess up. We're healing ourselves. We're healing our traumatic wounds. We're healing, hiding our feelings. We're healing um, by expressing ourselves in a whole different way. Um, we're feeling deep feelings and sitting in uncomfortable emotions. And it's hard to sit in those uncomfortable emotions. It's hard to sit there. I had a call um, a couple weeks ago. And my coach said, I said, oh yeah, well, and I wanted to brush it off. And she says, no, no, no. You know, if you're not feeling that, like, why don't we just sit here for a minute? Like, there's no expectation 
to say anything. She's just like, just sit there with that feeling for a second. And usually, I would probably say nine times out of 10, I start to cry because it's a really big thing to sit with an uncomfortable feeling or emotion, just being in an uncomfortable space like that's, it's feels, it makes you feel very, very vulnerable. Um, but it's, it's all valid. All your feelings are valid. Even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it makes you cry and it's okay. You just, it's okay. We'll be okay. And by being this aware, we are setting a fantastic example to our kids. We will know signs to that will cue us if they're having if they're having mental issues themselves because you know what you're looking for you know what you've experienced and you'll be able to help them if they need help and that's just that's so valuable for them for me to be as depressed and as lonely and as much as i isolated myself when i was in my early teens if I were my parents, I would have been very concerned for how much time I was spending alone. I, it's just, I have no words. I was so depressed when um, my, our best friends moved away when I was 12, 13. And I, um, I've been, I've battled with depression ever since then. Um, it was huge. It was huge impact on my life. Um, and going through depression and dealing with that sadness and that emptiness and that loneliness, even when you're not alone, is so hard. It's so hard to be stuck in the past, isn't it? Dealing with anxiety has only been, it got very heightened after I had uh, my son and then with the pandemic, it really um, ran out of control. So I'm, I have been doing so much better. Um, especially with being in the present moment, you have to, I mean, moving your body hundred percent, you need to move your body. That helps so much to get you out of a funky mental place. I know that you don't want your child to feel anxious or depressed because I don't want my son to feel like that either. And I know that because my, my family tree has lots of mental health issues and struggles that he will most likely battle some of it. And I'm optimistic that I'm going to be able to help him when he needs help, or he'll be able to communicate that to me when, if he needs help. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep on keeping your mind open. Don't stop following those people on Instagram that teach you. Don't stop following um, podcasts that are parenting podcasts or healing podcasts, or don't stop going, don't stop coaching. Coach get yourself, get your, get your stuff healed up a little bit. You'll be so much better off as a parent because of it. 
you're only going to improve yourself and that's going to make you an even better parent to your children, child, whichever one you have, multiple children, one child, and keep doing what you're doing with your, with your child. Keep learning from them. Keep listening to them. Keep your mind open to them. They are number one. Um, And most importantly, remember that you, you, mama, you are your child's best mom. Nobody else could be your child's mom like you are your child's mom. They made who you who you are today. And you will help them become their best, best selves because they are a part of you. You're a part of them. And no one can parent them, love them, or do what you do for them the way that you do. You are the perfect parent for your kid. I couldn't parent your kid like you parent your kid because I'm not their, I'm not their mom. You're their mom. You have to own it. Take care of yourself. And then take care of everybody else. Because as that saying goes, you can't pour from an empty cup. And that's very true. If you have felt crispy at any time in this, in your time as a mom, which I'm not sure if you follow me on Instagram or have read the other blog posts, but crispy is like burnt out. So if you've ever felt really burnt out, then um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you have to take care, you have to start taking care of yourself so that you can better take care of everybody else. And since I started working out, um, myself, my son, and my husband are all, we're all better for it. So you have to take control of your destiny because nobody else can do it for you. And I think that's it, but, um, I hope that this helped spark something in you today to either seek the help that you need, continue on with your journey. Um, you know, go hug your kid, go hug your spouse, um, do something nice for yourself, go take a bath, start to journal with your body, just sparking some kind of action in you. Be the action. Don't worry about the consequences of your, of your messy, messy action at home. Like just, just work out and see how you feel. Just play with your kid for 10 minutes and see how you feel. It's just little things. You can, you can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.